Welcome to the e-commerce lab by Ecomsi. This is the place for everything related to Amazon private label and e-commerce. Learn exactly what you need to start or scale your business. Get insights from the top industry experts who will discuss the latest trends and best practices in the world of Amazon. From choosing products and sourcing from a supplier to setting up your Amazon account and marketing your business, you will hear it here. Let's get started. Here is your host, Vincenzo Toscano. Hello guys, welcome to a new episode of the Commerce Lab by EcomC. My name is Vincenzo Toscano, founder and CEO of EcomC. Today we'll bring you another session of questions and answers as we do every Tuesday at 5 p.m. GMT time. Remember that we're also going to be running these sessions on Thursdays at 5 p.m. GMT time as well, but on Spanish for those that are looking to join. Uh, and by the way, we also explained the possibility to an, in Italian. So I'm organizing something also for the Italian community that's been reaching out. So I'm going to keep you updated on that as well. So great. So before um, we get started with today's session, um, I just want to make sure uh, I give you an update of everything that's going on when it comes to the e-commerce world, things I have done, things I have seen. And then for sure, we're going to get started with uh, to today's topic, which is basically questions and answers. So um, I think the first thing um, that I want to start bringing um, to the table was uh, this weekend event. So this weekend, uh, it was branded by women and started sessions uh, here in London. Uh, it was an amazing event. People flew from all over the world, people from the States, uh, people from Europe. I mean you name it, all the countries pretty much were present in there. Uh, so it was a uh, full of Amazon sellers, uh, typical influencers that you see in the space, uh, service providers. So it was an amazing event. Uh, and the reason why I like to bring that to the table is because I think it's super important, guys, that you do networking when it comes to uh, the Amazon and e-commerce space in general. I mean, we learned a ton of content uh, during the event. There was a amazing topics one of the main things for sure during um, uh, the event was uh, covering important things such as for example ppc uh, how to deal with uh, influencer marketing how to bring external traffic uh, some of the hacks for example kevin king was there talking about some of the hacks which was also great i mean all the presentation were amazing uh, and i think the reason why some of this content you don't see out there is it, it, at the same time the main reason why you must go, right? There were a lot of strategies, a lot of things that for sure you don't hear in podcasts, you don't hear in YouTube channels. Um, and I think if you if you just think that by staying at your, at your home, right, and just being 24-7 in your office and trying to learn everything by yourself, for sure you're going to hit a wall. And that's why I think super important, guys, that you get yourself out there. And not just in terms of knowledge. I mean, I got to network with so many people in the space, people that uh, also uh, what they do is create content around the Amazon space. They have agencies, sellers, and it was amazing just to to meet them in person finally, right? Because for the last two years, of uh, for sure, we didn't have a lot of events. So now having all these people under the same roof was amazing. So yeah, guys, don't get, uh, don't get everything for granted. Uh, so basically, you don't know what you don't know. 
Steve Simonson always mentioned that it's a quote that I, I love and uh, that basically means uh, you need to keep learning and just don't think that yeah that you know everything get yourself out there and try to hit as many events as possible of course keep a balance if you don't also want to be 24 7 in the road going to every single event but at the same time it's super important guys that you check that out um yeah so i wanted to mention that uh, i also wanted to mention that yesterday i dropped an episode with elizabeth green from younger uh, we were talking about some of the strategies that she uses for optimization and scaling amazon ppc so check it out uh, she drops tons of uh, value when it comes to a uh, ppc handling so i think it's super uh, important for those struggling right now with ppc that you check it out okay so great i think uh, we can now start bringing um to the table some uh, today's questions uh, that we've been gathered for the last couple of weeks and for sure uh, anybody that's live right now that also want to uh, drop a question feel free to do it i'm gonna make sure to cover it uh, as long as the times allows so um, let me start bringing some of the questions to the screen and we're gonna get started with today's session of questions and answers um so um, great so i think the first question of the day is do you have a, a naming strategy uh, for your advertising campaigns um yes so naming campaigns is super important guys i mean um we see that a lot when we audit a uh, amazon accounts uh, or when people come to us that they want some advice on ppc and one of the huge mistakes we always see when it comes to basically your ppc campaigns is that we see a lot that people just put random names they just sometimes even use the generic name that amazon gives you which is ad campaign one and so on and and guys that that's not good because what what is going to happen is that's going to reach a point that you can have so many campaigns that you're going to have so many uh, keywords a uh, target type and so on that your account is going to become a mess right it's going to be very difficult for you to keep on top of what you're doing what changes you're doing what is the overall performance so it's super key guys that you uh, when it comes to naming your campaigns you are very um you're very clear right in terms of what the campaign is actually doing so one of the first things that we do in terms of strategy is that on the campaign we also like to put the async the reason why we put the async is because when it comes to a uh, some of our um basically ppc managers uh, on a comes to review an account they just put the async and it's very easy for, uh, to find the async instead of just having names i need to open all the single campaigns and find out what is the actual campaign that's targeting this specific async right so to avoid that make sure you put the async there then when it turns to the naming i have seen everything so there isn't the perfect thing when it comes to naming i think <clears throat> rather than thinking about what is the perfect way to name a campaign more, more importantly is to make sure you cover uh, the most important things when it comes to defining a campaign so what do i mean by that so you want to have your async you also want to mention on the naming the type of targeting you're doing is a keyword is a product you also then want to mention what type of targeting is within that a a keyword targeting so it can be exact phrase broad you also want to uh, specify on that if you are doing for example any specific placement adjustments so for example if you're doing top of placement you want to make sure on the campaign name you put top placement um you also want to make sure that within the the um, the campaign name 
Uh, you can also mention, for example, is this a manual or automatic campaign? And then, for example, if you want to become even more specific uh, when it comes to, for example, if you are doing a, a sponsor brands that you have different types of a sponsor brands a targeting, you can also specify that type of targeting and the same with sponsor display. So in summary, there isn't a, the perfect way to name the campaign. Just make sure that you define a nomenclature when it comes to naming those things. So you can create an Excel sheet and you can put, okay, when I put, let's say, EX, it means exact, right? Things like that. So you can give, let's say, to your team or whoever is managing your PPC campaigns. So it's very easy for you to understand how to basically find specific campaigns and adjust them. That's the first thing. Um, then also try to not make it very long, right? The last thing that you want is a name that's like, I don't know, uh, super long, like uh, that is very difficult to then even understand and comprehend. So keep it short, keep it to the point. Uh, yeah, you should be fine with that. Next question. Uh, how do I add a second async? Uh, how do I add a second size async to my listing? So yeah, uh, thank you very much for the question. I think this one has to do with adding a variation. So when it comes to variations, um, you, you have two options to do it, right? So if from the first time that you created the listing, you never actually added, um, a variation even in the first place, uh, what is going to happen is that sometimes Amazon is not even going to allow you to add an extra variations. So th th there are two ways you can do this. You can use the um, the wizard tool, wizard variation tool, I think it's called, uh, that basically allow you to handle the variations of a listing, or you can use flat files. Uh, usually those are the ways you can add a variation to a listing if initially you didn't add any variations and you cannot do it through the, um, the simple UI that Amazon allows you to have when you did a, a listing in the first place with a variation. So have a look at those two options and you should be able to add a, a second size without any issues. Um, next question, uh, what search volume should I look for on keywords? And yeah, this question is very interesting because search volume is funny because I think most people think that search volume is a fixed thing, right? In terms of, okay, I should always focus on 5,000, 10,000 and so on. And the reality is that search volume is very relative, guys. I mean, if you work in the US, okay, 5,000, 10,000 is the normal, right? But if you come uh, to the Europe, it's sometimes difficult to find keywords with that kind of volume. I mean, you need to understand that the US is a huge market compared to Europe. And if you just start thinking that the norm is always having five and 10,000 search volume, and then you start doing research in Europe and other emerging markets, it's gonna be super difficult for you to really uh, filter down the right keywords. So that's why I never put a, a specific number when it comes to search volume. It's always gonna be dependent on your market. So the first thing that we do is we fully analyze your market when it comes to a product, or we identify the main competitors that relate to your product. Then we go very in depth when it comes to which are the keywords these competitors are ranking page one. Uh, or basically the keywords that bring in the most sales for these competitors. And from that master list, which usually you're gonna find that most of the products out there in Amazon end up having most of their sales in, on 50 keywords most of the time, you're gonna get that list of 50, 100 keywords maximum, and you're gonna find then what is the average search volume. And from there, you're gonna have a deeper understanding of what is the right search volume when it comes to 
making sure you have on your listing. Don't just consider always a fixed number in mind because the reality based on experience is that this changes so much depending on the marketplace and not just the marketplace, guys, also the, um, um, the niche you're focusing. I mean, there are some niches that search volume is very, is very low compared to other ones. So consider those points. And yes, you should be good to go. Yeah. Next question. Uh, what should I do with a listing if it goes out of stock? Um, yes, uh, actually this, now that we're covering this question, this was a, one of the hacks, if I'm not mistaken, from Kim King during search sessions here in London. And we're basically talking about uh, how you can basically put um, the listing, you close the listing, right? And if you close the listing, basically what that allows you to do is that it allows you to stop the attribution of zeros when it comes to zero, uh, to sell, sorry, to your listing. So basically, if you close your listing, it helps you when you go back into stock um, to basically uh, avoid losing so much, uh, a lot of rank uh, when it comes to when you went out of stock and when you came back in stock again. So that's a, usually the main advice when it comes to dealing with our stock. I mean, remember guys that this is also going to be depending a lot on how long you're going to go out of stock because if you're going to go out of stock just for one week, it's better to just keep it active. Uh, because the other thing that you need to consider is that when you close the listing, and we have seen that sometimes happening, is that your inventory can become stranded. And most of the time, that's fine. You activate the listing and it goes on. But we have seen cases that where inventory becomes stranded sometimes. You know how Amazon is. Sometimes something can happen in the back end. It can become difficult to then attribute that inventory back to the listing. So consider those things when whenever you are uh, dealing with a uh, taking a decision around or, uh, being out of stock or not, because it depends on time frame. I think if I need to give you a time frame, if you're gonna go out of stock more than three, four weeks, then do the close listing. Shorter than that, uh, we haven't seen really any huge benefit to closing or not. Next question of the day, why did my conversion rates are decreasing if I haven't changed anything? Yes. Um, I mean, this one is is also an interesting question because we also get a lot of people reaching out and say, okay, I haven't changed an image. I haven't uh, changed right, uh, the copy. I haven't changed anything, but my conversion rate is decreasing. Or sometimes the other way around, which conversion rate is not decreasing, but uh, sales are decreasing. So I think one of the main reasons why we're seeing this uh, uh, phenomenon i think is two two main reasons right the first one for sure is that a lot of competition is jumping into your into your specific keywords and your specific niche they are trying much more spend in terms of uh, advertising or they are, honestly sometimes it actually happens that a better product came into the market with better pricing and they're taking sales from you so that's one option but the second one which a lot of people is not considering guys is that you need to understand that amazon in the last couple of months has adding so much placement when it comes to advertising, not just in the first page, even in your product page. So, I mean, right now, if you go to a, pro a product page, you're going to find uh, so many extra placements. And sometimes you conversion rate when it comes to PPC is going to stay high. But at the same time, you see sales are decreasing. So why that is happening? Because now Amazon, with the, all this extra placement that's put in your listing, uh, is basically uh, 
taking sales from you because now sometimes you even see carousels appearing on on your product pages a listing i say oh we found similar product with a lower price now you have so a placement under the buy box so you have placement under the sponsor sponsor and similar products and there are other placements so there are so many placements appearing right now in product pages that that's definitely having a hit when it comes to sales and conversion rate and that's difficult to measure right because these placements sometimes are dynamic so it's very difficult for you to keep track of it but we have definitely seen that when we see a hit in sales for example, in let's say we're analyzing a PPC campaign, right? And we see that the conversion rate of our PPC is still high, but our sales are having a massive hit. Sometimes when we have a look at those pros that are having that hit and we have a look at the product pages, sometimes definitely there is a placement that weren't, weren't, weren't there in the first place, right? So extra competitors appearing there. And basically what you're doing is paying for the PPC click, the traffic is coming to your listing, but they're diverting to the other placement Amazon is putting in your listing, such as mentioning their other pros that are doing cheaper, uh, cheaper prices and things like that. So yes, it's a complex uh, answer for sure, but that's most of the time the reason why if you haven't changed anything, you see those massive drops is because most likely if you go to your listing, I'm sure you're going to find extra placements and not so most likely some of them already stealing a sales from you, which most of the time is based because they have a cheaper price or because they just like them better in terms of design or features. So yeah, consider those things. Make sure you also uh, keep track of your product pages on a weekly basis just to understand uh, how Amazon is adding advertising placement to your product listing. Okay. And next question, when launching a product, is it better to use coupons or lower price? So lately when we're launching products, uh, I personally like to use more coupons. Um, and the reason for that is because I feel that coupons for sure um, give that extra um, feeling of discount and also fear of missing out, right? Because what happens with lowering the price is, let's say your, your target price is for sure $20, $30 and you drop it to 15 maybe somebody that doesn't understand the niche very well or does is if let's say a person is looking for the first time for a, a cup right for the first time a cup and they have never shopped a cup before um because of that they don't know that a cup is normal to cost let's say I'm gonna put an example to make the math easy it's normal to cost 10 um 10 uh, 10 15 dollars right it's normal that cup costs 10 15 dollars and and let's say you come into the market right uh, and your cup let's say is a much premium cup let's say it's gonna cost 20 dollars right and you're gonna drop the price to 10 15 dollars right but because people that is entering this market for the first time and shopping a cup don't understand what is really the average price and what is the normal they might not even distinguish that you have a discount in the first place right they might see the price eh, that is is basically cross but they don't really have a feeling attached to it in terms of if it's really a good deal or not right compared to a coupon that you're gonna have a huge about a, a ribbon appearing in green it's gonna say 10 20 30 percent off eh, which again with lowering the price you can also get that if you lower the price good enough you get a red one 
but based on experience using coupons always work better for us at least on the experience we, we have done and we have seen that it gives a higher feeling when it comes to people actually um feeling that they're getting a discount in the first place right and i think the sec the third point that i wanted to bring to the table which a lot of people don't even consider is that with coupons the amazing thing of coupons is that sometimes people don't even redeem them in the first place so they can see 20 15 20 percent off and they think okay if the coupon is active i'm gonna get the discount no matter what they click on the listing they add it to the car they shop it and then they didn't claim it right and it happens a lot you will be surprised how many times it happens so yeah i would advise try with coupons i mean you can play with both but usually when we launch product we try to use coupons like 20 30 percent or even higher and basically that's is becoming kind of a substitution of doing giveaways right right and doing giveaways that you can't anymore you just enter the market with massive coupons you captivate the attention of people and basically you try to overshadow the fact that you don't have enough reviews to compete with the other people in the in, in that niche but the fact you have a much bigger price a lower price sorry is going to allow you to generate even bigger sales volume uh, compared to uh, not doing the coupons and that's going to allow you to increase your position in terms of organic ranking and at the end of the day, that's the end goal, right? So, yeah. Great. Next question. How to fight a Chinese copycat sellers? So, yes, this um, usually the advice I give to people when it comes to dealing with this is try to copyright everything, guys. You can copyright your images. You can copyright your listing, uh, your writing. Uh, that's actually a topic uh, we were uh, discussing on um, uh, branded by women. And actually, this presentation was done by Yael Kabili, that she's actually one of the co-founders of Fortunate. Um, and she also has a company that helps with everything that has to do with these uh, legal issues. Um, and she was actually mentioning how we have the misconception that um, basically if um, somebody gets a bullet point and, and, and basically paraphrase it, but still keep the same keywords, you're getting trolled, but she was actually mentioned that by just taking copying three to five keywords from another a bullet point and using your listing, that's good enough reason to file a copyright a claim against Amazon. They can show your listing down. So if you have sellers that are doing this to you, copying your a uh, bullet points or your description, uh, even your images, which you can a uh, copyright your images. You make sure you have all those documents in hand. And as soon as you identify a competitor doing that, Amazon is very strict and they're going to take it down. So make sure you copyright, you protect your content, and you should be good to go in terms of taking these a, a competitors a, that are basically just copying a, everything that you're doing in terms of design, copy, and so on. Next question. Um, okay. I sent 1,000 units, but they just received a 819. What should I do? So this issue is, I mean, it's not very, it's, it's not often to see, it's not common to see when it comes to sending units to Amazon, but sometimes happen that they don't receive the whole thing. And sometimes it can be the freight forward fault that they lost some package and never reached Amazon or it can be Amazon that they just lost in the warehouse. So that's why it's very important that you keep track of 
if you come from your freight forward all the the tracking of your packaging make sure if you can get some insurance on that perspective it in case the freight forward loses the package you can get your money back but more importantly make sure you get a tracking numbers from your freight forward that allows you to keep full track of all all the units so in case something happening you have the proof to amazon that all the units reach amazon without any issue because i know some people to to save on shipping they got with the cheapest option and that sometimes they don't have even a tracking number and that's not good guys because something happens it's going to be even more difficult to appeal it uh, when it comes to appeal it is 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 very easy so it happens that once they you send all the inventory and it says you have 890 out of 1000 it waits up to 30 days if i'm not mistaken after 30 days you can basically amazon is going to give you the option to claim um to basically open a case to to claim the the difference because as soon as the system identified that you put it 1000 and it received 890 they allow you to open a case and then they're gonna ask you for documentation and everything that has to do with the uh, proof that the units reach the warehouse and so on so as long as you have that uh, most of the time amazon they're just gonna basically um based on your invoices and the sales price history gonna give you an average a uh, uh, worth of the units they lost and they're gonna refund you that on your seller central account okay Next question, what are Amazon PPC defensive campaigns? So Amazon PPC defensive campaigns, guys, is basically a strategy you implement to avoid people from stealing the placement where you're stocking, right? Basically, you want to avoid people to taking the spots on your listing when it comes to uh, all those banners Amazon is adding within your product pages detail, and you want to give them to your brand or to your own products. Now, the thing is, this usually just works if you already have a catalog of products, because realistically, if you have just one product, you can't really do um, a defensive campaign, right? So this works very well. For example, we work with brands that they do supplements and they sell multiple supplements. And for example, we have a brand that they sell supplements uh, when it comes to um, diet uh, related supplements, but at the same time, they send a diet for a um, supplement for different diets. You have the keto diet, you have other type of diets. So basically what they do in terms of defending mechanisms is they try to advertise a, let's say diet X product on their diet Y product and they try to cross sell their own diet related products and also different supplements and they try to keep the customer within the same loop right and basically what they're trying to create is what we call a halo effect branding that's basically you keep the transitioning on how people uh, move around Amazon within your same ecosystem so you can do this if you have a, a, a good a, a big catalog when it when I say big, it's at least 10 products, 5, 10 products, because anything lower than that is difficult to really cover a lot of placements in your page to make a difference. But yes, it's a huge strategy, and big brands are doing that to avoid oil competitors to basically affect uh, your performance, just as I mentioned before, because sometimes you could be bringing massive traffic to your listing, but if you leave this open, if you leave this door open to competition, they're going to come in your listing, and they're going to basically take advantage of traffic and get search from you. Great, uh, I think this is the final question of the day. And the question says, how to find the best keywords for my product? 
And when it comes to finding Kios to, uh, for my pro, I usually advise uh, two tools. You can use uh, Helium Tame and SunGuru. I, I use both of them. They're great tools. Uh, just make sure when using this software, you use the right filter. So for example, in the Helium Team, uh, Helium 10 tool, what I do is I always like to research uh, the keyword where they're ranking uh, on page one, which means they're getting most of the cells. I try to find this, um, this data across multiple products, so it's validated. And then I order them based on relevancy and search volume. You can do the same with Sanguru. Try to make a list that is very, uh, very concise when it comes to relevance and search volume. Try to always keep the list uh, not very big. What I mean by that is sometimes I see massive lists when it comes to keywords that are 1,000 keyword plus. Um, for sure, you're not gonna be able to cover that on a single listing. So try to keep it to the main keywords and the main phrases, at least at the beginning to cover and design your main product listing. And then if you have extra space, you wanna broaden that, that list, right? But try not to go very broad at the beginning. You wanna make sure your listing is super relevant because at the end of the day, that's what's gonna make your PPC work super well. I mean, if you have a listing super well optimized, you make the PPC job much, much easier because the algorithm is gonna easily identify what your product relates to it's gonna allow you to run your automatic related campaigns even easier and it's gonna allow you to find new keywords and terms faster. So yes, keywords super important. Check those tools uh, in the description. I'm gonna leave a discount link. Uh, and yes, use the, uh, the high level strategy I just mentioned. Of course, it goes a bit more technical, but I have a couple of videos in my YouTube channel where I explain how to do that process, okay? Great guys, so that was everything for today. Uh, thank you very much for everybody that's joining. Uh, remember that we're doing these sessions every week. So if you want to cover a specific question that we didn't cover today, please make sure to send our email business at the My team is gonna make sure to put them on a report for me so I can uh, review them during the session. You can also reach out to social media. And remember that we also give our first consultation for free. So if you want to book a 30 minute slot with one of uh, my team members of myself, there is no commitment at all. We're gonna make sure we explore your situation and see if we can add value to your project when it comes to scaling your brand on Amazon. Finally, uh, remember that all these episodes uh, and sessions are gonna be uh, also uploaded on all the uh, podcast uh, platforms. So Shopee, uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts, even Samsung Podcasts, I think. Uh, and then YouTube for sure, uh, and then Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even Twitch, we are uh, reposting all this content. So have a look. Uh, yes, if you enjoy the content, please make sure you like, share, and subscribe. It helps us a lot to keep reaching people like you. Uh, have an amazing week, and definitely see you in the next one, guys. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to The E-Commerce Lab by EcomC. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. While you are at it, we would appreciate it if you could leave an honest rating and review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. That will make it easier for others to find out about the show and benefit from it. Want more? Visit our website at www.ecomc.com where you can get your first consultation for free. Or find us on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn at ecomc.com.